everyone, I'm Dina. And I'm Charlotte. Welcome to the Grim Curriculum Extra Credit. Hello. Hello, hello. How the heck are you? I am doing pretty well. We are recording this a couple days before Halloween, the day before my birthday, which I still don't know how I feel about that, but Ooh. Halloween I'm very excited about. Yeah, I've heard that you have a really cool Halloween costume on the way. I have a sort of mischievous Halloween costume that I'm just going to be wearing at my day job, but still. I think we're going to be kind of scroogey and just hide in the basement with the lights off this year, though, I will say. <laughs> that is very fair i'm gonna be handing out some candy i hope but yes i'm gonna be a vault dweller this year so i'm excited it's a it's a fun costume i'm stoked yeah i'm looking forward to seeing pics you know what the thing is about halloween for me i don't know how you feel but for me because it's so close to my birthday it's always just been such a big deal and i am going to go out of my way to dress up every year for as long as i possibly can Oh, yeah, I think it's important to at least do something, even if it's the most basic thing you can think of. Do something. Or maybe you're the kind of person where you do the same thing every year. I'm cool with that kind of stuff, too. But yeah, I think it's important not to let that kind of your inner child die when it comes to this sort of stuff. And I, for one, love dressing up. And candy. Yeah, I mean, when I was growing up in the UK... Halloween wasn't really a thing there at the time. And I don't really know if that's changed at all, but like we wouldn't do trick or treating and stuff. I think it was kind of more of an excuse for adults to get together and like get dressed up and party and stuff. So the first October Halloween that we had when we moved to Canada, where it was basically like the movies, we lived in Calgary at the time and it was just like, kids everywhere everyone's wearing costumes all the parents were out I was like this is fucking amazing <laughs> the thing I love about Canadian Halloween and those of you who aren't from cold climates like us might not get this but mm -hmm. it's the whole growing up and having this Halloween costume and you're going trick-or-treating but you have to wear a winter jacket you have to wear a toque and your gloves and everything over it and you can't even tell what you are because you have to stay warm Oh, yeah. And if you're a country kid, too, because then I got that side of it when we moved out to the boonies. Um, you basically it's like someone's mom would volunteer for to drive you around the country in the minivan. And it was basically like drive from house to house. And it was like a SAS special forces operation. It's like, okay, van door open. <laughs> out, out, out. Candy, candy, candy. In, in, in. Next house. My mom and I were literally just talking about that yesterday, about how they had to do the same thing with us, where they had someone driving kind of alongside us. Uh, they would go through all the houses and then run in and then drive around a little bit to heat up and then get out and then trick or treat. And oh, honestly, like kids don't trick or treat anymore, though, apparently. That's the thing. I don't like that. I will say it's been pretty quiet on uh, our neighborhood on Halloween the last few years. Um, I'm okay with that. Like I said, um, we're probably just going to hang out in the basement and omit Halloween this year. But we really don't get that many kids. We thought being in a house in a pretty residential neighborhood that we would get loads of kids. But I guess this just isn't the neighborhood for it. And I'm kind of okay with it, to be honest. I know that's a very scroogey party pooper thing to say but I'm just very antisocial. <laughs> I can't say I blame you on that at all I'd rather be eating the candy than handing it out I'm not gonna lie <laughs> totally I will take advantage of the sales after and stuff my little face <laughs> with yes, chocolate exactly 
All right. So all that Halloween talk uh, will be about the happiest it's going to be. We've got a few, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, a few different cases that we're talking about um, today. We're going to kick it off with Sydney Powell, which is a fairly current events kind of case, and it is wild. When I first started learning about it, I was like, hey, where is this story going? And then it escalates very rapidly. So we're talking about Sydney Powell. At the time in 2021, she was 19 years old and going to college, or so her parents thought. But what turned out was Sydney had had actually basically dropped out. She'd been removed from her program for low academic marks and sort of failing to raise those marks until she got dropped. But Sydney didn't want to tell her parents, so she pretended to keep going to school and just didn't tell them. And this was for, yeah, this was for quite a long time as well. Her dad got a little bit suspicious because he was paying for her college. He was expecting the tuition payment to come out of his bank account at a certain time, and it didn't. And so Sydney was like, oh, no worries, dad. I will go talk to the college and we will get this all sorted out. And she kind of covered for it. And he didn't really think anything of it after that. Like I said, it turned out she hadn't been going to school at all. She was simply pretending to. The dean of the college kind of realized that something weird was happening here because Sydney was still attending like certain college events and when she was going to like these sorority events and stuff they actually have to keep a track of all the names of all the people attending these events because they're on college campuses and for liability and all this stuff they kept seeing that Sydney's name was on this list and the dean was like she doesn't she doesn't even go here <laughs> like <laughs> and so the dean had called her mom this is when it all fell apart because Sydney overheard her mom talking to the dean on the phone and realized that the jig was going to be up very quickly she then proceeded to strike her in the head with a cast iron skillet and stabbed her nearly 30 times in the neck what Okay, I just want to, I don't know anything about this case, so I'm hearing this for the first time with probably most of you. I did not expect that at all. Right? It escalates so quickly. And keep in mind, she's 19 years old. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, and it was, yeah, she stabbed her in the neck more than two dozen times with a steak knife, of all things. Oh my god. And the dean said he caught a lot of this on the phone. He said Sydney's mom was speaking, and then all of a sudden there were six or seven thudding sounds, and that he could hear screaming. And then all of a sudden the line cut out. They called back, and another woman picked up the phone and she was claiming to be Brenda Powell, Sydney's mom. She was like, yes, this is Brenda. This is Brenda. And the dean was like, we know it was not Brenda. We were sure it was Sydney. We have spoken to both of them. We know the difference between them. And he said, Sydney, I think this is you. This is not Brenda. And then the line went dead. 
Oh, wow. And she, this was recent, right? You said 2021? Yeah, 2021, this all happened. The reason it's coming up again now is because she has been sentenced. She went through quite a lot of psychiatric evaluations because her defense team were trying to say that she was diagnosed schizophrenic and that she was having a psychotic break when she attacked her mother and that they thought that she should plead not guilty by reason of insanity. But the prosecutors called their clinical psychologist and they testified that uh, her actions did not align with someone having a psychotic break, that she knew full well (laughs) what she was doing when she did that. So yeah, she sounds like it. She got life in prison. So She's seen crying multiple times. She's very emotional throughout her hearings and through the trial verdict. So 19-year-old Sydney Powell brutally ended her mom's life because she just didn't want to tell them that she had dropped out of college. That is very reminiscent to me of Casey Anthony because she did a similar thing with her job. But to fake it like that, I think of John List as well, where he was saying he was going to work, but he really wasn't. Like, that takes a certain level of delusion that I think can become very dangerous, and we really see that here. Her dad was also quite suspicious because she was suddenly coming home in the evenings, and she was saying, yeah, like, I'd rather live at home rather than living on campus, and they were like, oh, okay, that's strange, and then she was leaving the house just like John Liss during the day, or she was spending time at the house during the day, and then right before her dad was going to show up coming home from work she would leave and he kind of caught her doing this and I think it was something to do with the like the doorbell camera or something like that so she wasn't even really smart enough to cover her tracks in that way that's a very long time for someone that young like that is a huge sentence yeah and not that this makes any difference like this is an absolutely horrific and violent act but Her mom was a child life specialist at Akron Children's Hospital Showers Family Center for Childhood Cancer and Blood Disorders. She was doing really, really good work for a really, really good cause. And honestly, this act of sheer fucking stupidity cut it very short. That I really wonder what the history between the two leading up to this point was. So far from what I've seen, and more may come out in the future, I'm sure, because it is sort somewhat early days in this case, even though it has been a few years since Sydney was charged. But it seems like she had a pretty good upbringing. Her the, her parents were very kind people, from what it seems. Like it, it doesn't. This was wildly out of the blue. Anyone who knew them did not see this coming. Wow. Oh my goodness. That is so sad. It's incredibly sad, but I mean, absolutely fucking bonkers. That is terrible. Holy shit. That story I figured was going to be bad, but that was a lot darker than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. 100%. It starts out like, okay, where is this going? Like I said, and then it's like, pow, murder. 
We took a second off mic and I looked up what she looks like. And I highly recommend doing that because it, she doesn't look how I expected. I don't really know what I expected, but it wasn't that. She does look very remorseful. I will give her that. But you know what? It's a fucking little bit too late for acting that way, don't you think? Yep. You can look as sad as you want, girl. Like you stab your mom a whole lot of times. Yep. All right. So I am going to talk about something substantially lighter hearted, I feel like, because I think we need that for a second here. (laughs) I want to talk about a little fella called the Squonk. Oh, I've heard of these. Yes. I I think it's time to bring a cryptid into the mix here. Oh, I can't wait. Yes, I want to hear more. So the squonk is reported to live in the hemlock forest of northern Pennsylvania. Legends of squonks have been since the late 19th century, and it is a interesting looking little guy. I highly recommend looking it up while we're talking about it. Uh, I saw it in a meme first that said that Pennsylvania has a cryptid that's so ugly he just cries about it all the time. And And the way that you find him is to follow his path of tears. And I think he's kind of cute, but he also kind of looks like um, a naked mole rat. Oh my goodness. How sad is that? I just want to like give him a little hug. (laughs) (laughs) It does say the description here is, uh, this is from Cryptid Wiki. It's covered in warts and has cauliflower ears covered in wax and hair. Its tusks are yellow and crooked and its roomy eyes weep constant tears. It has four legs, three and a half if the right hind leg is transparent. And its fearsome aspect is contagious misery. You know what I'm just picturing is some poor mangy dog. <laughs> yep. Again, I th- I see a naked mole rat. Like, I I feel bad for this little guy. Do we know how big it's supposed to be? Like, what are we talking? Are we talking, like, rabbit-sized? Or are we talking, like, golden retriever? Or... Everything just says how ugly he is. How big is he? Oh, no. Maybe we don't know. Maybe it's up to you. (laughs) Oh, my. So we're trying to find a few more details about this squonk. And apparently we have no clue how big this thing is. So if anyone has more details on how big a squonk is, please let us know. But I do want to let you know that... uh, Johnstown in Pennsylvania, they celebrate the squonk at Squonkapalooza every August. Oh my god, I would love to go to Squonkapalooza. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Doesn't it? And we have a quote from a book that was published in 1910 by William T. Cox called Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods. And uh, it tells a little bit about the squonk. The squonk is a very retiring disposition, generally traveling about at twilight and dusk. Because of its misfitting skin, which is covered with warts and moles, it is always unhappy. Hunters who are good at tracking are able to follow a squonk by its tear-stained trail, for the animal weeps constantly. When cornered, an escape seems impossible, or when surprised and frightened, it may even dissolve itself into tears. Oh my goodness. So I just, I'm trying to imagine, are we talking like rabbit sized, you know, goat sized? I don't know, like horse sized? In my head, I picture just like a little guy. (laughs) 
right? That's the thing. That's what I'm picturing. And I want to know what you guys picture too. But I I don't understand how big this thing is supposed to be. Because again, I'm picturing like, is it the size of a cat? I am genuinely surprised at the fact that this legend goes back as far as that i was expecting it to be like kind of a more recent kind of meme sort of thing i didn't realize it went back to what did you say 1910 yes crazy and like a lot of cryptids 1910 was the first time that it was written about that we can find so to me i see i hear that and i think it was probably seen quote unquote before that oh absolutely yes I love it. The squonk. Poor hideous little thing covered in moles. Yeah, again, look it up. We'll uh, post some pictures up of the uh, the squonk. But uh, I feel bad for the little guy and I hope that uh, I hope it stops crying. Aw, poor thing. <laughs> um, shall we talk about a volcano? Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm sure you guys have seen all of this by now. It's definitely all over TikTok and Twitter and whatnot, at least for my algorithms. But Italy is planning for mass evacuations as quakes continue around super volcano called Campi Flegri, and it's near Naples or Napoli. In the past month or so, there's been more than 1,100 earthquakes, and this is a volcano that could basically go off like a champagne cork anytime oh my goodness that's horrifying yeah and not only that to add to this it's also connected to another neighboring volcano as well and it is expected that if campi filagri goes off so will this other volcano and sort of have a dual situation going on and it's expected to affect a humongous amount of of land essentially they're saying that the local towns that lie west of naples um more dotted with villages and things like that there's a combined population of more than 500,000 people that are all very much in the direct path of this eruption that is horrifying Yeah. Some of these earthquakes in the past month alone, they've had more than 4.0 and 4.2 magnitudes, which would be the strongest in the area for about the past 40 years. And experts are saying that the increased seismic activity with all of these earthquakes is probably linked to this cool phenomenon known as bradyseism, where basically the earth falls and rises like it's breathing because of these underground chambers that are filling with liquid magma and sort of expanding and shrinking. And it's causing these earthquakes, which could cause this massive eruption. Nature is horrifying. Yeah, it really does make me think of the big one they say is under, is it Yellowstone uh, Park that could go off anytime. And if it does, North America is basically straight straight fucked. (laughs) The, The thing that's horrifying is that there's volcanoes like that all around the world. And like, what are the odds that one of them isn't gonna just go off? Yes. And the scary thing is, especially in certain locations, 
stations, like I said, these two in Italy side by side are connected by these underground tunnels and chambers. There's huge rings of volcanoes around the Pacific that are all joined. So it is expected for some of them that if one goes off, that it will create this kind of chain reaction. And we puny humans are really helpless against this absolute power. When it comes to the likelihood of this happening, what are they saying? Like, it seems like they're preparing like it's going to happen for sure. Local media in the area is saying that a group of hospitals have started doing evacuation tests to make sure that they're ready to either face stronger earthquakes that are continuing to happen or a full on eruption. So they're pretty convinced it could happen. The last really big eruption was way, way back in 1538. I believe when that went off, it was dark for like an entire year, basically, because of all the ash in the atmosphere. (laughs) It's scary because I feel like we've had such a slew of terrible things happening that I, I could see it happening. I don't mean to be horrifically cynical, but... At least they're they're planning for it. I mean, as much as you can plan for something that devastating, but at least they're they're trying to. Yes, and I really hope that it is minimal, but scientists do say that one of this particular uh, volcano's biggest eruption would have taken place about 39,000 years ago, and it may have actually led to the extinction of Neanderthal man, Magma from that blast has been found in Greenland, nearly 2,800 miles away. (laughs) Holy crap. So if it goes, it could be very, very big. But that being said, that was 39,000 years ago. And even the significant eruption in 1538, yes, it was very big and had quite a bit of devastation behind it. Uh, Even in the long run, when you're dark a year round, all your crops fail if there's no sunrise, uh, sunlight, you know, that kind of thing, too. That was a significantly smaller eruption than the one 39,000 years ago. So that could be a good sign. (laughs) Oh, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. (laughs) I mean, that's yeah, where that's where we're at with that. Basically, hurry up and wait. Oh, well, I hope like you said, I hope it's as minimal as possible. Yes, yes. And if any evacuation needs to happen, that everyone does it safely and there is minimal harm done. But we will see when or if it happens. This is going to sound stupid, but I feel like I grew up with volcanoes in so many movies and stuff that I forget that they're a real threat. (laughs) Yeah, I think to some degree, when I grew up, I remember two things for certain. I thought uh, quicksand was going to be more of an issue in everybody's yep. lives because that seemed to be in all the movies I watched. Definitely, like you say, volcanoes and natural disasters seem to be very of the era. And the other thing was in school and stuff, when we learned about fire safety and stop, drop and roll, I genuinely thought like being on fire was something that must happen all the time because it was drilled into us so hard that you stop, drop and roll. I thought it was like, oh, people must be doing this all the time. (laughs) These kids don't need to learn how to do their taxes. Let's teach them what to do if they're on fire. Yeah, which to be fair, I have had friends who have had to stop, drop and roll and it's, you know, saved them from significant pain and (laughs) awfulness. But I can't say that's ever happened to me, knock on wood, in 30 years. So hopefully it (laughs) remains that way. (laughs) 
It's that time again. It is time for this week's strange and unusual death. This one happened on October 25th of 1920, and we are going to be talking about King Alexander of Greece. Oh, wow. A a Halloween one, it would seem. Yes. And uh, this one is, uh, it's a little scary, I'm not going to lie, because I feel like this would happen in a really, really just terrible horror movie. Oh my gosh, okay. He was only 27 years old. Oh, so a young guy. Yep. And you know what? He was enjoying life, doing his thing. And one day he was bitten by a palace steward's pet macaque, which is a little monkey. Oh, yes. Yep. Because it saw him trying to break up a fight between his dog and another monkey. What is happening? (laughs) So apparently there were all these monkeys running around, but he was just walking through the grounds and he was trying to protect his dog after he saw that it fought with another monkey. And this second monkey bit him very, very deeply and he eventually died of sepsis. Oh my god, what a way to go. Monkey bite of all things. Don't mess with monkeys. I will say, and maybe this is a hot take, whenever I see Veil Army videos of people on holiday in like Thailand and stuff like that, and there's those little gangly monkeys and they like pull people's hair and shit, I hate them. I do not like them. They scare me, I think. Monkeys, I feel like could get out of hand really quickly. I I find maybe there's nuance here. And again, maybe this is a hot take. I like apes, like gorillas, orangutans. I like them a lot. I think they're great. But monkeys, I don't know. There's something squirrely about those little fuckers. And it kind of puts me off. (laughs) I just saw this video of a group of monkeys. I'm not even sure where this was. But what they had started doing was stealing people's phones. And they would only give them back if they were given an adequate bribe so the people would have their phones stolen and they would have to come up with like snacks or toys or something for these monkeys and then when the monkey decided they had gotten enough stuff they would give the phone back see that's way too intelligent and way too mischievous it scares me (laughs) seriously like they could take over so easily and their little opposable thumbs and stuff too. Like they can be getting into all sorts of shit and you could not stop them because they'll just parkour away from you. <laughs> I would be, I honestly, I would fall for the schemes of a monkey every single time because I'd be like, oh yes, you're so cute. What would you like? And then 20 of them would come at me and like steal my wallet, I guess. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Oh my goodness. Well, that's a sad and sorry end. A monkey bite of all things. It's a very, very sad way to go. So King Alexander of Greece died young and uh, again, terrible way to go. So rest in peace to him. Folks, we have arrived at the end of the episode. Just a few things before you go. We have our very first live show coming up December 9th at Felice Cafe here in Edmonton, Alberta. It'll be a night of a little bit of extra credit, a little bit of our usual Saturday show, and we are very fucking excited. 
It's creeping up. It is right around the corner. I cannot wait to get together with a whole bunch of people and just talk about some really, really weird stuff. Yes, we are going for a film noir theme, so we encourage you to dress up in your best 1930s, 1940s vintage outfits or vintage inspired, and we might even be covering some theme appropriate topics as well that we think you're really going to like. And again, it's all for charity. All of the ticket proceeds are going to go to Zoe's Animal Rescue, so it's for the puppies, it's for the kitties, and it's going to be a damn good time, so get your butts out there and if you don't live anywhere near Edmonton, Alberta, go ahead and uh, share our content, like and comment, spread the word so that maybe one day we'll come to a city near you. Yes, I would love to take this show on the road. That would be simply fucking amazing. As well, tickets are available on Eventbrite. They are 12 Canadian dollars. But like we said, all that good money is going to a very, very near and dear charity to our hearts. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been The Grim Curriculum. Extra Extra credit. credit.